Hello, you're listening to Shut Up and Watch this episode number 30. 30. 30. Is there an echo? Yes. I'm Dave. I'm Ashley. Ashley. And we're a couple getting to know each other better by uncovering each other's media and pop culture blind spots and sharing the must-see movies and guilty pleasures from our pasts. Each time, one of us gets to choose a movie or a TV show that the other person has never seen before. Never seen it. And then we rectify that situation. And then we justify that situation? Justified. (laughs) (laughs) It was my turn to choose. Yes, it was. What did you choose, Dave? I chose Chunking Express. Chunking 1994 film by Wong Kar Wai. Yes. This is the first Wong Kar Wai I've seen, I, I believe. It was the first one I've seen, too. I yeah. think I've actually only seen two of his films. Mm. And I st- I haven't seen In the Mood for Love, either. But you so, watched it without me. Synopsize first, or <laughs> where are we? So we have the story of two lonely policemen. Um, two separate stories. I was going to say, you might of, even say two different two, stories. Two different stories of... Uh, of two lonely policemen, one who was spurned. Well, I guess they were both spurned by different women. Two policemen uh, getting over breakups. Yes. In Hong Kong. Yes. That's where we lay our scene. They each get their story. <laughs> First story is uh, the uh, jilted policeman. He's like a detective, though. Yeah, the he's, first one. he's a detective. Mm. And um, he's been broken up with. By May. Evil, By May. Evil May. And his whole shtick is he decides to, to take a month to get to, to try and move on yeah. or not move on, to wait and like see what sh- happens. Yeah. And he buys a pineapple tin. Mm-hmm. With his birthday, which is May also 1st. the last day. It's of- also her name. Yeah. It's May 1st. It's the last day of the 30-day grieving mm-hmm. period. And uh, so that's his ritual. Yes. But during that time, he or towards the end of that time, he meets the... We we're also involved with the um the woman in the blonde wig mm-hmm. who's the drug smuggler yeah. right yeah and their paths cross yes and then he tries to pick up on her yeah it doesn't go well but she wishes him happy birthday that's true so we have it's not really an <laughs> omnibus movie and it's not really an anthology yeah. movie but we have it's a strange structure because we yeah. have two stories then mm. briefly the other story is tony lung i love tony lung yeah plays what what is he doesn't have a name he is um number 663 that's right he's that's always, all he's credited as he has a number um so he's like a beat cop mm. who hangs out at the at the midnight express snack shop yeah and actually the other guy that's that's the connecting tissue well the first the part shop. i mean the first part of the story he's bringing home he stops and brings home salad for his girlfriend Every yeah, night. Of the second story. Yeah, yeah. The beat the, cop 663. And then one night he comes in and she, she's not He only she's needs to get one order. Yeah. They're like, ah, what he happened? He just wants coffee. Yeah. She left him. <laughs> yeah. Turns out she was an international stewardess, was, yeah. right? And so they had a thing every time she stopped in town. She stayed with him and they had their fling and then finally it ends. And now he's the lovelorn, like brokenhearted, lonely cop who still comes every night to sit at the, the um, Midnight Express snack shop. Yes. Meanwhile, we get to meet, behind the scenes, we see um, Faye, Faye. the new um, woman who works at the snack shop. Her cousin run, owns the place, mm. and she, she works in the back. And um, it become, it turns into her, her yeah. story of her crush on Beat Cop number 663. And um, tell me more about that. Well, oddly, I guess his girlfriend returned his keys she she leaves a letter yeah and a set of keys in an envelope 
Well, we're not at the snack shop. At the snack shop. Yeah. When she comes to meet him one night and he's not there because he changed his his routine schedule, or his beat yeah. and schedule. And um, Faye, our um, elfin. <laughs> so we need to talk about yeah. her. We need to talk about, well, she takes the, she takes the envelope um, to give it to him, and of course, everybody steams it open instead. Yeah. Reads the note, and she has a crush on him, mm. and she slips the key out of it, so he never knows that the key was returned to him. Yeah, and then we have this odd little story about how she spends her days off supposedly doing errands for the snack shop but actually letting herself into his apartment and hanging out there yeah. and cleaning it cleaning it up and redecorating and doing little touches mm-hmm. and they're kind of subtle things like cleaning the fish tank she changes his toothbrush cup changes the toothbrush cup puts up um, pictures on the mirror mm. and, and they're little things that he doesn't really notice all at once but it starts to like improve his attitude like it helps yeah. him get through this period <laughs> and then she has this whole secret where she's she's there in mm. his life like a stalker basically this is really weird we have galloping cats right now can you all appreciate this i guess they don't like movies from hong kong i don't know so just had to spritz the cats so as you can tell it's a difficult movie to kind of yeah. summarize it's, mm. it, it doesn't have a traditional plot no. it's not about the story it has two different stories and yet there's not it doesn't feel like there's equal weight given to either one. I, I always feel more from the second yeah story. i agree yeah and i also feel like I, I think the first time i saw it i was maybe almost i don't know it seems like you're used to seeing anthology films of like three stories Two stories seems weird. It's like one of them is maybe a half hour long and the other one's like 45 minutes long. Yeah, or it's something. true. They're, yeah. they're out of balance in a certain way and they're very different tones. This is really weird. <laughs> okay. Wait, are you leaving? No, I'm spraying. My co-host has run off with a squirt bottle. <laughs> squirt the cats. To uh, squirt the uh, errant cats. All errant, right. Errant? <laughs> errant. So... I I don't know. I guess maybe you read this, but I read that it was originally he wrote three, and the last one was a story about which I haven't seen. No, I haven't seen it either. A um, hitman, mm-hmm. a lonely hitman. Yeah, and it became his next movie, which was Fallen, Fallen Angels. Angels. Yeah. yeah, so I haven't. No, seen I've that. never seen that. No, the only two films I've seen are Chunking Express. Chunking, and sorry. In the mood for love. <laughs> Which I haven't which seen. Also has you a, watched it without Which me. has a sequel, 2046, I think. Yeah. Sort of. Is that, when did that come out? Recently? In 2046. I'm kidding. Uh, okay. Um, no, it came out a few years after. Okay. Like maybe two years. Of, okay. I'm, I may be totally wrong about that. It came out pretty close. So Chunking Express was 1994. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see it until the mid-2000s or maybe late 2000s. Yeah. I came to it way later. And then... As you know, In the Mood for Love, I watched on Filmstruck streaming about two years ago because I, I had I, heard... Was it two years ago? It was in your apartment. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you were like at band <laughs> practice or something. Uh-huh. It was the first movie I successfully... Remember, I was like, I'm going to yeah. get my money's worth out of Filmstruck. Oh, that's I'm right. I'm paying $9.99 a month or whatever. And I'm clearly that watch. worked out. <laughs> you mean because I didn't support them? They went out of business? Yes, it's, it's clearly your fault. Okay. No. <laughs> Um, Criterion I will is say <laughs> we and I'm going to kind of divert just for a moment to say um, the Criterion channel 
that's how we watched um, Chunking Express. And it's one of the only ways you can watch Chunking Express right now. It's out of print on DVD, on Blu-ray. Criterion lost the rights years ago. I was at Half Price Books last week, and they had a used copy for $99 of Chunking Express. Oh, wow. But they do have streaming rights again, and so it is on the Criterion channel. $9.99, you have access to all of the Criterion movies. So I highly recommend Please that. Please sponsor us, Criterion Please sponsor channel. us, Criterion <laughs> channel. Um, so uh, thoughts about the movie? Well, Where so do you want to I go like with this? I like the opening scene. And I'm curious if you have any insight on how this particular thing was shot. But it's got this sort of... And I don't even know if it's in the shot or in the processing that causes this sort of like... He's running around chasing someone. <laughs> and there's like this sort of like whoosh... So in the motion I've of the... I've seen it described as pixelation. Mm-hmm. I think of it as kind of a strobe effect mm-hmm. or something. And I think it's done in the... I think it's done in post-production as an effect. Okay. But do you I think you do it with brushes to... or something? It it has this, It looks to me like... I honestly you know, don't know, but what you get like is this kind movement. of blurred, jumpy... And, and we start on an action scene, right? Of, yeah. of him... It, of the detective through the running through the marketplace and the woman with the blonde wig with her shades on. She's always got the shades yeah. on. It's always at night, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a chase scene. So you yeah. have part one is has elements of like film noir and with mm. the femme fatale kind of thing. And, but but then counterpoint with the schleppy, you know, shenanigans of the heartbroken yeah. <laughs> <laughs> detective and his uh, cans of pineapple. But, well, you know, you know let's to, stop the scene. <laughs> let's stop the scene here with the woman and the and the yeah. drug runners and yeah. all that, and go to the twenty uh, four hour market where he's trying to find a pineapple that hasn't uh, expired yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that was that was surprising to me because I my preconceived notion going into this film that it was going to be like sort of a hard boiled. You know, wow. You know, it 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 completely surprised me. I thought it was going to be an action oriented, okay, modern noir type movie. This is funny, and so like the opening scene totally played into that. But then after that, I was like, "What? This is different." See, I can't put myself in <laughs> yeah. the in the position of what it was like the first time. Yeah, I think I probably thought that too because that's what you're cued for. You you get you know your your cover your covers has you know the mm. woman with the shades and the the blonde wig. Yeah, but. I showed it to you because I just love the second half of the movie. <laughs> yeah. That story is so sweet. Yeah. And, um, you know, the one about Faye who has the secret crush, the girl at the snack bar who has the secret crush on the cop and lets herself into his apartment every day. Yeah. It's like a short story. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, and the, the role of music in the movie, like she's obsessed yeah. with California dreaming and by the mamas. And so the everybody has a theme song and I guess, and, yeah. and hers is she's always listening on the little boom box back in the greasy spoon yeah. to over <laughs> and over California dreaming. Every time you cut there, it's playing. The and, she, and so you have these scenes of her mopping the floor and singing along and the, and the music playing and it great. getting turned off when her cousin thinks it's too loud. And then she'll yeah. sneak over and put it back on again. <laughs> and, and, and it's the CD that she leaves in his house, in his yeah. apartment. Um, I don't know. I liked the music use in the second part a lot. There's three songs that get used, which are recognizable to Western audiences. Yeah. Um, now I can't remember what the third one is because I know Diana Washington's "What a Difference a Day Makes" or now, May. Remind me when that occurs in the film. Um, I know it's in the movie. It, it's, the, can... it's actually twice in the film, and I can't remember exactly. I know they play it again at the end when they're meeting up again at the end. 
But I think it's around the time that he starts to realize that, um, that, that things are changing in his apartment maybe. Yeah. And then the, the third one is a, uh, it's actually Fei Wong's cover yeah. of, uh, the Cranberries dreams. Yeah. And I, I knew that at the time cause I looked it up before, but I f- had forgotten when we were watching yeah. it, but that's actually her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fei Wong is a famous Hong Kong singer. Oh, I didn't know like, she was, I mean, I figured she was a singer. She's like she's a, it, like but. a huge diva mm. type in Hong Kong and has had a huge career. I think this was early in her career, mm-hmm. but she's like, oh, she looks a, very young. She's a superstar. Mm-hmm. And, um, so this was, that was actually her cover of the Cranberries dreams. Yes. Song that recurs throughout the film. So, well, it's interesting to me that those particular songs were the ones chosen because all three of those songs are meaningful to me <laughs> in, di- in different. I mean, like yeah. the the like dream is like straight out of like my early teenhood. You know, it and was straight like, out of my college years. Yeah, exactly. Okay, here's our age difference again. <laughs> And then I, I had a major phase where I was way into like Diana Washington and Sarah Vaughn and yeah. Ella Fitzgerald and wh- what a difference a day makes is like one of my favorites of that. I'd, I just think Diana Washington is amazing. Um, her voice and everything like that. She's so expressive. And um, that song is just so um, I think it really does a good job of expressing the emotions being portrayed in, in mm-hmm. you know, of 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 people, you know, realizing you know their feelings you know yeah. which is that's that's what that song is about and then of course you know dream um, well california dreaming because you have the the california is the meeting place yeah right that they're supposed to meet or well whatever, she right? wants to go to she california. wants to go to she california. has a plan she goes to california yeah well that's the thing that I, I like that aspect of it is like she clearly is into him and she wants to start a relationship with him but she has this competing thing where she wants to see the world and see cal i mean mm-hmm. california is the is the idea of the west i guess yeah. or you know it's the or well it's it's actually farther east you know dep- right, right, right. depending on which way well, you're we going to, where but are we you, coming from you know, yeah. the western world i guess um so yeah it's and then, she doesn't want to work in the little snack shop. No. She hasn't seen any of the world. So she, she, I, I think she has an idea that like he's he's the guy she wants, but she's not at a time where she is. She needs ready to, go to find herself. Yeah, a little exactly. More. So I like that that she she gives herself that opportunity to go. And we find out that she's scribbled like a <laughs> a faux boarding pass yeah. kind of thing <laughs> with a date a year ahead for mm. California. Yeah, but it gets it gets wet, and so he yeah. doesn't know exactly what it says. Well, he throws it away in the rain because yeah. that's he doesn't read letters. What we know about this cop is he never reads his letters. <laughs> it's true. He never. He. I don't think he ever does get the letter from that his uh, no, ex girlfriend dropped no. off. He doesn't want to read it. He's yeah. done. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um. So, I think one of the th- another reason I connect to this movie is it clear like it really feels like it has the influence of those like early french new wave movies mm-hmm. that i love so much like breathless it feels kind of like that in yeah. certain ways with the like the cr- craziness with the camera and the style and even just that lightness of her jumping around the bed in the in, yeah. the, in his apartment <laughs> and doing stuff it's she's she looks she has a haircut like gene seberg yeah. even you know from um so it has she does yeah yeah um, and you've got a film that 
is very style forward. You know, you mm-hmm. talked about the the camera tricks you're talking about with this kind of strobing, mm-hmm. pixelated action scenes. Um, all these. Well, I like with... the scenes on the escalators too, where they're like, yeah. like they're looking. There's like parts of the escalators that are see through, where you can see in through yeah. windows and stuff like that. So there's shots through the window into the escalator, and I don't know. It's <laughs> all this interesting handheld camera yeah. work, which is another thing that was that came out of French New Wave, is like mm. following your characters around and being loose and ready and walking around in the in the space and following people around, and then all this lovely play with like light and mm. different colors of gels on them and stuff like that. Yeah, it's nice. Well, and I, I, again, I haven't seen Mood for Love, but I've heard that there's more of that um, yeah. coming in that as well. So, so I don't know. I think I wanted you to see, I wanted to introduce you to Wong Kar Wai. Like I kind of wanted you to experience it the way I did by seeing an early film of his first, mm. the one that kind of got my attention as a way of, um, you know, intro- you know, getting you there before taking you to yeah. in the mood for love, which I actually think is, is more emotionally resonant mm-hmm. Yeah, in a way that this movie isn't quite, this mm-hmm. movie is more surface level in a certain way, I guess. Well, you know, I want to say that I, you know, traditionally in a lot of movies, the like representation of male heartbreak is like really aggressive. And mm-hmm. I liked that these guys, they were, I mean, they were clearly heartbroken, but they did it in a very quiet way. You mean they we, weren't angry? They didn't slam yeah, things they down? Yeah, slam things this- down and like, you know, make big you know, statements of their love and, you know, they, I mean, like in, in one, I mean, especially in the second was more of a quiet acceptance, but the other guy was like, I'm going to try this for a little while. And then if nothing happens, then I'm going to let go, you know, and, and who can honestly say they've never (laughs) eaten 30 tins of pineapple to to mark the 30 days of separation (laughs) from your... I mean, that seems like a real weird thing that somebody yeah, would do. Yeah, it does. It's, a, it's, it's not a just small a movie detail. conceit, but yeah. it, it's kind of like we do have weird, crazy, like separation rituals and mm-hmm. stuff like that. He's like, either we're going to get back together, I'm going to get over her, or I'm going to sit here and eat the damn pineapple, pineapple yeah. on that at that month mark, <laughs> Yeah, which he does. It's not really it's, not a good idea. Not, well, they were little cans of pineapple, though. They weren't. They were like personal Yeah, we're talking about the little little. Not tape. like the big uh, giant cans of Dole so pine- of the, or Del Monte pineapple, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm going to jump tracks even before I start my train of thought here. Okay. Um, so you... I, <laughs> I don't mean, know what train you're on. I didn't even really need to say that. So how do you feel about the how does the difference in tone sit with you between the weird hard-boiled drug running kind of thing going on that we only see a few scenes of to tell that kind of story in shorthand but i mean somebody gets gunned down you've got like this thing that goes wrong where the where the people who are going to be the um the guys she has going they're indian right she has yeah indians got the passports they're gonna carry the the drug so they what, disappear right yeah what what happened to them did like the guy she shot like make them disappear or let I them think go he, i we don't 100 percent yeah. know but i think that i think that yeah i think he probably got them out again or something okay. i don't, I don't so know he, like he collected the money or something i think like... he collected the money gave her the guys she set everything up it was ready to go and then 
Yeah. We don't know because we don't see those scenes. She she but looks she, for she, there's scenes where she's looking for them, but, but she he, holds him responsible yeah. and goes to find him at the end of that story. Mm-hmm. But we're not supposed <laughs> to know. It's like it's not important. Yeah, it's it, true. It really is just like let's give you three scenes that telegraph hard boiled like drug runner film noir. Mm. But you don't need all the rest. You've well, seen and the it detective's like clueless. He doesn't know he's like. Well, he doesn't up. know yeah. he's in the middle of this. Yeah. <laughs> because he's literally pursuing her in the beginning, yeah. right? Yeah. But he doesn't wreck. He know, doesn't know that it's her. Yeah. He's or something. He's, we can't really tell what's going on in that. They're running through um, chunking mansions or mm. whatever the shops and stuff there. Yeah. And um, and it's all that blurry pixelated stuff. But he's. She's the one. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's involved in the chase. They're dodging through whatever. And yet, you know, he meets her as if for the first time and tries mm-hmm. to pick her up in the bar. Yeah. And you have that lovely shot where she's just really tired and kind of falls asleep on his shoulder <laughs> in, the, in the bar. Um, I asked you a question and then I just kept talking. What was the question? Like, how, do the, how does the mix of tones and types of story work for I, you? They are very different. I mean, like, I think the, the sort of cluelessness of the cop is the sort of thing that sort of ties them together, you know, because he's, you know, there's all this, like, drama going on around him in this drug thing, but, like, he's only concerned about his ex-girlfriend and, you know, getting back with her. So, like, he's... He's just kind of in his own world. And then, you know, that is the the tying, the thing that ties it to the second story. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, I think it's it's an interesting juxtaposition. And why does the word. And each story goes <laughs> about as far as when the cop gets over yeah. the breakup. Mm-hmm. So each story kind of tells the that. Because by the end, he's trying to ask, he's trying to yeah. get together with the hard-boiled blonde wig woman do we call her that yeah i think she's just the blonde blonde wig blonde wig woman woman. yes okay it's easy for you to say so why (laughs) do these stories go together (laughs) why is it not just one movie or the other well i mean i guess you would need of quite a bit more fleshing out for the first one to be a movie i think the second one could easily you know they could have they could have expanded into a full-on romantic comedy, you know, with with the traditional like Pratt I would Falls. Watch that. And, yeah, yeah. But the first one, I think, would need a whole lot more to make it a complete thing. It would need a plot. You would need to understand what the stakes were I don't with the think drug the, thing. Yeah. Hey, the cop in the first yeah. one is as interesting. I mean, no. he's quirky, but. I'm just obsessed with Tony Lung. Yeah. I've always liked him. <laughs> He's in a lot of the Hong Kong movies yeah. of the 90s. And um, well, like he has that. a presence yeah. and also a classical sort mm-hmm. of aesthetic. Well, he just that, has that, I mean, like that sort of clueless breakup fog that he's in that he doesn't even notice that he doesn't know apartment's been broken into i mean that's his job is to notice things (laughs) we haven't really mentioned the fact that the the sort of parallel line here Mm. in that second story is how she keeps engineering little mute meet cute situations with him while also secretly going into his apartment like even on the way to his apartment she'll (laughs) she runs into into him him in the market accidentally on purpose at, at other cafes and other marketplaces and so they actually start kind of an acquaintance friendship yeah. and a, like a friend and he helps her carry the 
the the, the big case of vegetables back yeah. to the shop and <laughs> and so they have that so she's getting to um establish some kind of a friendship or a connection with them and a reason for them to talk and while she's becoming more intimate yeah. in her knowledge of his world his apartment his things his belongings and I don't know how to describe it. It just doesn't come out as creepy. No, it doesn't. <laughs> like, but you. But it is really creepy. <laughs> if you if you you hear us describing to you that she's taken the key out of the envelope that she's supposed to give him from his yeah. ex girlfriend and secretly goes into his apartment every yeah. day, but the way it's filmed is is from her point of view, and her point of view being like, um, kind of crushing and intoxicated Mm -hmm. and happy and just wanting to do something nice for him and you're in her world as as, listening to dreams you know the cranberry song and her in his apartment and it's not it's no longer like that sort of noir nighttime in hong kong snack shop neon light and stuff like that it's like bright sunlight coming in through the windows and you know an apartment during the middle of the day when everybody's out and around and at work and doing their thing and she's there fluffing pillows and dusting <laughs> things and it's just so cute yeah i don't know it is very cute well i love that the the like minor minor plot is that she's supposed to have paid the electric bill for like weeks and instead she's been sneaking into this guy's apartment and the lights go out. So we do get the payoff of the lights going out. And that's like, congratulations, Wong Kar Wai, for actually paying off the, yeah. that the electricity bill never got Well, the other of. thing, and like I forgot about it briefly, but there is like a flashback to, which we didn't get, we didn't get that much of the story in the first one. And the second one we get a flashback to his actual stewardess girlfriend. Yeah. And then he sees her in the market in a in a convenience store. Yeah, um, yeah. Right before, is it right before he decides to meet up with her? I guess. Is is it on his way to meet up with Maybe her? Maybe on the way. It's to It's right around then. Yeah. And you know she's she's with some guy on a motorcycle or something like that. And he's and fine. Yeah. To kind of just they're just like hey yeah nice running into you, <laughs> which is a point you get to sometimes yeah. with people. Yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes. With, with people. <laughs> Sometimes with people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of... So, I know, I was actually toying with the idea of maybe we shouldn't do a shut up and watch this on a film, but do shut up and watch this Wong Kar Wai, because I really want you to see In the Mood for Love, too. I want to see But I wanted too. you to see this first. Yeah. And it really makes me want to go and now fill in all the gaps with um, the ones I haven't seen. Happy Together was another big one that he did in the 90s. Yeah. But I didn't get, you know, this came out in 94 and I totally missed the boat. I wasn't aware of it when it came out. Well, it just, it's, I thought it would be like some, I mean, really, I, I had filed it away as like with the name that it was some sort of like Hong Kong action adventure, like, yeah, I mean Tarantino loved yeah. this movie so much that he created. Well, I didn't even know Tarantino was involved at all. Like I thought it was like a Jackie Chan kind of thing, you know, oh, Hong no. Kong like, like um, 
like John Woo or yeah, whatever. Yeah, John Woo or yeah. something like See, that. Yeah, I like that the, stuff, but that's not well, what Well, I mean, he's got podcast. that tough sounding name. War Kong Wai is kind of an awesome well, like Chunking action Express adventure. Yeah, I know. Could just be like the the <laughs> the drug running action film. Yeah, you know? exactly. I that's, like how it, now I even more respect the fact that it starts that way because it still fooled yeah. you for a few minutes. <laughs> it did. <laughs> and then it becomes completely disorienting. And it's like, about pineapple. What, is, what yeah. is going on? Why is he saving pineapple cans? <laughs> Why are we still hanging out at this cafe? <laughs> That's lots so, um, yeah, but what I was going to say is Tarantino loved this film so much that he created his distribution company mm. to put this out. What? So 94, is that... So Rolling Thunder Pictures... Is that Pictures, just after Pulp Fiction, I guess, or... A couple years after. Okay, yeah. So... Would that be... would have had some amount of clout. Pulp Fiction 92 sort of, or something like that? I can't okay. remember. I thought it you was 94 too, but... I don't think so, because... Yeah, well, maybe you're right. I'm not sure. It seems like something we should know. It is also a 94 film. Okay. So I don't know where he got the... I guess he's always been able to talk people into funding things for him. Must be nice. Well, he already done Reservoir Dogs, and I don't yeah. remember that being like... Uh, a financial hit in any way, but no, it was like I the most. It was it one would. of the most talked about movies, like on the festival circuit and kind of in the film yeah. magazines and stuff that year. Yeah, but Pulp Fiction was the game changer. That's right. But it's not. This is not a Tarantino film. No, so, not at all. But then I also know how much he loves cinema and mm-hmm. like all the tricks and whistles and bells and just like the art of the movies yeah and and the editing and the you know the the way it's cut and the way it's told and what the camera's doing so i see how he would like it from that point of view but this is not this doesn't yeah. feel like a tarantino well, did you read much about how this was made at all or not so much i mean i just i think i read so, the wikipedia article oh, well same but just that he was like in between projects and like was looking for something to do so he like wrote this yeah and like I think they filmed it in six weeks or something like that. So that's... oh, I did read that the story we seem to like better the one mm. with Faye and uh, you know having the crush on six six three. Is that it? What it? Yeah, that he wrote that in a day. Wow. Like the other one, like he kind of developed more, but and then like kind of threw together. I think the second one after they had already started shooting, he didn't even have a complete script. Mm-hmm. Like this was like let's do this quickie on the side. And um, then he wrote the second story, the one I like the most yeah. <laughs> in a day or an afternoon or something like that. And it's just sometimes it all comes to you right at once. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I like that. And I, you know, if in and as I remember that in, in the mood for love also has sort of a musical component. So if that mm-hmm. is something that 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 he builds on, then I can see like the talent for it. You know, not everyone has the talent to choose in some ways music that 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 is so emotional and ties directly into the story. I think it's a gift that some some film directors have, you know, in some ways in the mood for love is music. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It, it moves like. <laughs> like yeah. a, a composition. Uh, of, uh, interesting. Of, I don't know. It's it has beautiful um, like cello music and stuff. Yeah. I think. Oh, I love cello. But and Tony I, Lung again. Yeah. So. Well, it's it's just interesting. And like, it's interesting because there's like the repetition of it. You know, you don't hear the Mamas and Papas song once. You hear it no, multiple times throughout the movie. If you were in a certain mood, you could be really irritated by yeah. how much the, the song mm-hmm. plays in this movie. But it's totally natural. And it, 
it totally it works. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like the repetition. It creates a, a mood and you are in the headspace of that place and that time and that character yeah. and that idea of like California is the place yeah. that I want to go. And uh, Well, and I, as I were talking about this, I'm reminded of like the last time you hear that song. And I think it's the last time you hear that song. Yeah. Maybe it's not the last time, but one of the last times that you hear the song in the film is because she's run into him like on the way to his apartment or something like that. Yeah. They have lots of close calls and like he invites her in and like plays some music for her. And it's, it's, it's her that, CD. It's actually that her CD that, that she, she left, left behind by accident. And so <laughs> he was like, she asked him, yeah, I think trying to clue him. Oh, you in. like that song too? You like that song too? And he's like, no, it's my, my girlfriend. My ex-girlfriend left some stuff left behind. behind. <laughs> I don't really, it's okay. <laughs> But it was hers. She was, and she says that she knows that he's lying. Yeah, they. Because, I forgot about that. They yeah. have that cute scene where he invites her in, mm-hmm. and they end up napping together on the sofa. Yeah. Like they just kind of talk for a little bit and listen to California Dreaming, and then she kind of dozes off. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, I thought it was kind of weird that she fell asleep, but it was fine. Whatever." Yeah. <laughs> They're so comfortable well, with each other well, right away. That, you know, it's just that more of that sort of representation of the heartbreak, which is like he's blind to anything that she's throwing out there mm-hmm. until he's ready to, you know, until he's gotten to the point where he's ready to realize that sort of thing, you know, mm-hmm. which I think is is true of, you know, when you're when you're transitioning out of a relationship that there's a point where like you are still so focused on what happened in the past that you can't focus on anything going forward. But then at some point there's that, that switch, you know, Mm -hmm. I think there's some, some other movies that do a pretty good job of, you know, sort of showing that, you know, that there's, that there's a definite period where you're just blind to that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden, Ooh, uh, there's a girl examples? right there, you know. <laughs> well, the one that comes to mind is actually forgetting Sarah Marshall, but oh, because <laughs> <laughs> he has that whole I like, like that movie, yeah, that month long, you know, yeah. thing where he's like crying in his underwear and eating <laughs> cereal, and you know. <laughs> and then he comes to his own, with yes, his, with yeah. his vampire musical <laughs> yes. and uh, what's her name, um, Jackie from that from 70s that 70s show, show. Yeah. which <laughs> Mila, Mila. Mila Kunis, yes. <laughs> Nobody's ever compared to the, sca- the scary to... girl from Black Swan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's actually not the scary girl? No. I I want to see more of Hong Kong wise movies and and more of that period of '90s sort of Hong Kong movies that aren't just action yeah. films. Well, it's interesting because I just I just assumed it was that and like actually it's a lot more similar to one of my favorite Chinese directors um, or Taiwanese directors. Ang Lee. Ang Lee, you know, who I love. Um, he was the first sort of director. What was your first Ang Lee movie? Sense and Sensibility. Oh, you came to Ang Lee through Sense and Sensibility? Yeah, and then I worked backwards and I've seen all of them like The Wedding Banquet. And oh, I think I started with The Wedding Banquet or yeah. one of the early... Or, or and each e- e- man woman e- probably would yeah, be the first woman. one. Um, but like, yeah, I, I saw Sense and Sensibility and fell in love with it. And then I wanted to see everything that he put out. So I think I've seen everything. I mean, except That's I haven't seen, I haven't seen his new ones. I haven't seen Life of Pi or, um, 
It's interesting that with Sense and Sensibility, which has like, you know, the stamp of Emma Thompson, she wrote the mm-hmm. script. It's very, has that merchant ivory feel. Mm. It com- comes right out of all those other adaptations. And yet you were drawn to like, I want to see what else the director did. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, his, his, like, like this film, I mean, he is so good at like drawing on the emotions of it. I mean, and it doesn't matter if it's his, his Eastern films or his Western films, you feel that sort of sense of it's kind of why I avoided life of Pi because I was concerned that that wouldn't be there with the sort of extensive amount of um, CGI, CGI animals that was, you know, but like I actually of the Marvel films, his Hulk is probably my favorite. I've never um, seen it. It has, um, what's his name? Um, scary guy from the Spielberg film um Baron Eric Bana as and it's a very serious you know that all the most of the Marvel films now there's like a comedic element to most of the characters but like Mm -hmm. he has this like real gravitas I don't know it's it's still I don't know it's to me it was interesting and it's a shame that that it sort of gets pushed aside. I thought it was more interesting than. So you than didn't, some... you didn't get the movie you were expecting, but did you like what you got instead? Yes, I did very much. I was pleasantly surprised. I was a little skeptical if it was going to be a hard boiled modern noir. Cause I'm not I completely sold on modern noir I sometimes. I don't think I, there's anything that yeah. I can even think of that yeah. <laughs> I would do. That's like that for the podcast. Yeah. Right yeah. I did this cause I thought you would get it. Yeah. And appreciate it and find something in it. And um there's just some something so sweet and romantic and dreamy about yeah. the whole Fei Wong yeah. sequence. I just like it. Like I said, it feels like a perfect little short story. Yeah. Um and I just love her. She reminds me she has that kind of innocent, happy charisma of like um gioletta messina who's in mm. the knights of Kiberia. yeah Fellini's yeah wife. exactly she yeah. has that kind of elf-like mm-hmm. quality <laughs> <laughs> of of joy in the face yeah. you know and uh maybe she's more like that in la strada the other fellini film mm. but she reminds me of that that type she just, which we started would never finished no i know <laughs> That's probably not going to be a podcast movie, but yeah. I do like that film. It's not yeah. my, it's not my favorite, well, not most essential good. Fellini movie. Yeah. But we should uh, we should watch La Dolce Vita sometime, or or yeah, make it through eight and either. a half, just because I feel like you. That's I've a never definitely seen eight and a half it's a either. shut up and watch this kind of situation, <laughs> and like you should see them. Yeah, and I don't know, they're movies that I watch and watch again and again over the years. As, as I change and grow, yes. I mean, I've been watching those movies since I was, you know, yeah. 14 or 15 or something like that. And here I am in my 40s. Well, to me, it's exciting because that this film, I mean, this film, I mean, is if it's not classic status, it's it's achieving it. And I am enjoying the fact that we're being more embracing of outside of the West, outside of Italy, outside of France, mm-hmm. outside of the United States that we're seeing the sort of classic and wonderful films that came out of other parts of the world, you know, beyond the sort of, you know. Well, I'd like to get to a point where 
we're, I mean, and we have time to do this yeah. off, off podcast, <laughs> but where this is wetting, wetting our appetite to, to, to see even more of like the, well, the world cinema ha- and the stuff that's our mutual blind spot. Yeah. So far we have one of us sort of curating the journey. Yeah. You know, you have to see this film. You need to experience Wong Kar Wai. But, the, but there's a lot of stuff that we just need to see that we haven't gotten around well, to. Well, and we saw, I mean, it just reminds me of the movies we've seen recently, just recently. Um, Name some of them. Uh, Burning, which was a Korean film. Oh, yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. And um, The Shoplifters, which... Yes. Those were two great Asian films from last yeah, year. Yeah, they're amazing. Both of them. I mm-hmm. mean, Burning in particular, I just loved, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that there's... It's based on a Haruki Murakami short story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Stunning and intense yeah. and, and um, just all the all the things. And what's interesting about that is Stephen Yen, Yen, who's in that, is actually a, an American actor. Oh, he's yeah, so for, good, yeah. though. <laughs> like, I didn't... Like, you told me that because I hadn't seen one. Yeah. I, didn't, I forget he's, he, like, in comedies in the U.S. Yeah, and stuff like that. I mean, that. I, I recognized him, yeah. but I don't know what I've seen him in. But then you're like, he's American. He's just, like... They just yeah, cast him in this movie. Well, he he couldn't find good meaty roles in the United States because unfortunately we're... Well, that was a great yeah. role. That was one of the yeah. great characters of last so year. So good. Also sort of a broken hearted, in a way, yeah. in a way, sort of lost guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of good things out there that we have to keep uh, shut upping and watching. Yeah. Shut upping? That's not right. <laughs> Well, do you have any other thoughts about this uh, this movie? I'm, or, I'm so or glad where it leads us next. Yeah, I'm so glad you showed it to me. I um, my expectations were completely um, out of the water. I don't know what blown oh, out of the water. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep that in mind yeah. as I think of future yeah. movies to suggest for the podcast. Well, like, I mean, it's to just, play on expectations and, and and you know, it's big for me to admit that because like I don't like to admit my you know ignorance in any. <laughs> Of my any form, so um, you know. <laughs> yeah, and you know, in the mood for love, which is a beautiful film, it's nothing like this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would see that it's directed by the same person, but it's, yeah. it's a completely different sort of thing. And I can't wait to watch it sometime. Yeah, soon. Maybe on episode sixty. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when. Do are, when are we allowed to re- repeat a director or an I don't actor? Know. Or Have we like repeated that? any director? Well, we repeated Steve Martin already. We d- repeated Steve Martin. Yes. I don't know. You can't really repeat so like, Mike Lee. I know we did Jim Jarmusch, like, yeah. episode two or three. Yeah. We did Down by Law, mm-hmm. which is just, like, an obscure early Jim Jarmusch movie that I love because yeah. it was one of my first ones. But, like, I'm like, when can we do Mystery Train? And when can we do, you know, so, you Whatever. Know. Okay. Yeah. Carl Perkins is so, calling. So, um, next time... What did I decide? I thought I had picked a movie. I don't know, but I just want you to know. Oh, I'm picking... I can't remember what it's called. It's the San Francisco noir film that I saw at a noir festival that was recently... I can't remember what it's called. It's an important film to her, which she can't remember the name of. (laughs) Well, all the noir films are like something from the past or like down a stairwell or something. (laughs) Down a stairwell. (laughs) Out of the the stairwell. (laughs) Into the attic. (laughs) No. Um... All Do- right. Double. Oh, so that's what we're doing. Double stairwells. That, that, that's, that's interesting because that comes with the whole story about yeah. how it was lost for years. And yeah, exactly. It was and lost. I'm sorry we can't tell you what it is so you can like look for it at the meantime. But we're going to spend the next two weeks 
figuring out what it's called. Yes, exactly. Well, and and just again, we're putting off hands on a hard body another two oh, weeks. Oh, yes. So. If anybody's following the hands on a hard body thing. <laughs> I we're think, so second I think in now, line now. At this point, Austin Public Library <laughs> needs to send a bill mm-hmm. for lost and replacement fees okay. uh, to hands because it's still, we're still number two in line. Okay, we haven't moved up at all. And uh, so I don't think that DVD is coming back to it's the. It's just sitting yeah. on someone's credenza. So. We'll we'll continue to you know walk the aisles of half price books. I don't mind doing that, frankly, no. <laughs> to see if we happen to stumble on it. Sometimes we do. We found the fog of war finally. Maybe. Oh yeah. No, and we don't we don't own it, but you know we do have happy success stories yeah. of finding movies sometimes. That's true. I think we did buy it actually. Chop Shop. That was an obscure movie that I found. The, that that we'll was do on sometime. the list. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if you don't have anything further, <laughs> do you have anything further? Nothing further. Okay. All right, then the case nothing is closed. Nothing, nothing ventured, nothing earned. Gained. gained earned. Yes. All right. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends about our podcast. Shut up and watch things with us. If you want to see Chunking Express, again, it's a little hard to find. I don't think it's streaming except Criterion on Channel. Criterion Channel, Criterion which Channel. I highly recommend. It's the best nine ninety nine you'll ever spend. Yeah. And we're Yes, we'll we'll totally accept that sponsorship yes. uh, if it comes to that. <laughs> um, tell your friends about the show. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram, and um, leave us a star rating or a, or a review on Apple Podcasts, and it helps other people find us. And yes. we will see you next time in about two weeks. Bye or thereabouts. Bye. Bye.